Welcome to the Panema Wellness Podcast. I'm Yona Chatsunov, registered nurse, women's health educator, and Bodeka Tara. And I am passionate about educating and empowering from women in their search for health and well-being. In this podcast, we explore health topics in a sensitive and practical way, answer questions, and discover new ideas and perspectives from other from women like ourselves. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey to learn new information in a safe and curious space. Hey everyone, in this podcast, I'm really excited to share an interview I did with my friend Batsion. In addition to being a truly amazing neighbor and mother, Batsion has been the Meuchadet Tipat Chalav nurse here in Carmel for the last nine years. Before that, she worked in pediatric oncology in Hadassah Ein Karim in Yerushalayim. For those who are less familiar with the Israeli system, healthcare is mostly delivered through kupot, which are basically HMOs, and Batsyan will explain more in our interview how Tipat Chalav came to be the designated spot for well baby checkups. You're basically hearing from one of the best Tipat Chalav nurses out there working in what sounds like an ideal clinic. So really listen up to what she has to say and see how the system is supposed to work. I have to tell you that one of the highlights of the medical and halachic counseling course I took through Machon Pua was getting to hang out with Batsyon for five hours every Monday night. And I'm sure you'll enjoy the opportunity to hear from her as well. Hi, Batsyon. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview with me. So you are a Tipat Chalav nurse. Where do you fit into the system? In Israel, it's a little bit different than the U.S. There's regular pediatricians, Tipat Chalav pediatricians, nurses in a clinic, nurses in the Tipat Chalav. So what do you do? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little history of Tipat Chalav, and that kind of puts you in perspective of where we fit in the system. So Tipat Chalav comes actually from a French model. Um, back in the early 1900s, they started this thing in France for women who weren't nursing um, as a way to get them to come get medical care, they offered free milk, um, and then they would give them also medical care. And they found that it really lowered mortality among babies specifically. So in Israel, Henrietta Sold, who was then, I believe, the head of Hadassah Ladies, brought in this model to Israel in the early 1900s. Um, and they started it also. When the state started, they gave over the Tipat Chalav authority to the Ministry of Health. Uh, in some places, it went over to the Kupot. So nowadays, um, because of that, some places Tipat Chalav will be part of the Misra um, de Briut, the Ministry of Health. Some places it belongs to the Kupa, and some places it belongs to the Iria, for example, Yushalayim and Tel Aviv. So I specifically work for a Kupa, so it's a bit different than other Tipat Chalav. Um, but we have the same main goal, which would be preventative care. Um, we basically, the idea is to lower death rate against among babies um, and to promote healthier lifestyle. So. Uh, our main goal would be education, vaccines, um, growth and development, and we do all that care. That's really cool because I actually had no idea where the name came from, but I have heard of the French model in it's France. It's called like something Olay, which literally means drop of milk um, because they give out free milk. Anyways, so we work mostly nurses, okay? It's not like America where the pediat- pediatrician does um, um, all the, that kind of care. Uh, we do have a developmental pediatrician who you go to at certain specific visits um, who does that part of the checkup, but everything else is done by nurses. Um, and that's different depending on where you are in the country, how often you'll see them, whether you're with the Kupa, whether you're with so the So there's city. like official protocol. No, everybody has the same amount of visits that they're supposed to do. Um, we work under the same guidelines. Even though I belong to the Kupa, I officially fall under the Ministry of Health 
um, authority and they do you know all our checkups they check on us and we work according to their protocols it's okay. the same protocols it's just the service would be a little different for example if I work in the cupa then I could give the patient you know uh, blood work to do and then I can see the results somebody who goes to Tipatra that belongs to the area or the Ministry of Health it's not under the cupa so they would have to take whatever the nurse gave them go back to their pediatrician do the blood work bring the results back to the nurse um, I kind of have a shortcut. I'm in the system already, and okay. I can see everything. And it works really well in Carmel. I think it works wonderful. Um, another benefit of it is that when you belong to a kupa, you have to give service, and we have competition from other kupot, so it means we are much more available. We have better hours. We work evenings. We work weekends, you know, Fridays and Erev Chag, which Misadabu doesn't. So a good reason so, to move to a small city. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what extra training did you get? As a Tipat Chalav nurse. Okay, so in order to work in Tipat Chalav, you have to be first of all a nurse, which would be four years of nursing school. Um, and then in Tipat Chalav, you get about three months of training on the job um, because there's a lot of information which is not covered in nursing school. Um, you really have to know the protocols and the vaccine. We call it Tadrich, it's like our Bible. Uh, it's a huge, huge book almost. You have the schedule basically memorized by the end yes, of the Yes, you have to. Um, and also, once you start working, they push you and you're supposed to do this course Al-B-C-C, um, which is a specialty course. It's a one-year course done in certain um, schools. I went in Rambam. It's a one-year course in preventative health and public medicine. And at the end of it, you also do a licensing exam. It's like a very official exam with and a government exam. Do you think it's parallel to a public health nurse in the U.S.? I'm presuming it's a little more specific. Okay. Um, because it's specifically for pregnancy and up to age five, okay. um, which is the what we see in Tipat Chalav. And most Tipat Chalav nurses get it, would you say? Yeah, I don't know about the Ministry of Health one, the Kupot one, definitely. Um, with, I know by us, up to two years of working, they make sure you go to this course. Okay. Everybody has to do it. And you mentioned that a lot of, a lot of the Tipat Chalav nurses also have lactation training. Correct. Um, actually, I took the course about six years ago, but nowadays the preventative health care course um, includes lactation consultancy as part of its training. Um, we did like a section on it, but I didn't become an actual lactation consultant, but they, they push you towards it. They definitely do. They try to. Um, also, we have continuing education throughout every few months. We have, you know, courses. We have to take classes, whether it's online. Um, we have to recertify in certain things like vaccines. Um, every two years we take a test, so there's so, so constant education going on for sure. A lot of keeping very up to date. Yes, um, protocols change, you know, these things are always, uh, there's new things out there that we need to know, and yeah, we update ourselves. That's pretty cool. Um, so you explained kind of how it came to be for the babies. How how did prenatal care end up part of the Tipat Chalav system? Okay, so prenatal care is not part of every Tipat Chalav. Some places it's done in a kupa completely separate by what they call an achot livu yirayon. Um, we do it together. I think it's a wonderful thing because you start from when it's a fetus till when this kid is five, so the mother really knows you by the time the baby's born and you've been there throughout the pregnancy with her. Um, but the prenatal care includes basically all the education that goes around pregnancy, all the explain to the woman what she has to do, when she has to do it, what every test means, going over the results with her. Usually when a woman goes to her gyno, it's two minutes, you know, you're in and out, he doesn't really have time for questions. By us, you get a half hour and ask anything, explain anything. Um, We really go through every test and what the lady needs to do, make sure she does it also. 
Um, so whether a woman is seeing a pregnancy nurse in the kupa or in tipat chalav, it's something they can request though, right? You can Correct. schedule an appointment for yourself. Correct. to get this information. Some places only do it for first pregnancy. This is more would be in the Merkaz where there's a lot of ladies. Um, we have time and we have more hours. So we, we offer this service to every woman who wants it. Um, we also do the urine test, the blood pressure, the weight monitoring um, with the woman. Um, which is really important stuff. I think right. what I've heard a little bit in Israel, which is different in the US, you go to your gynecologist, you go to your OB-GYN and they'll do everything in the same clinic visit. And here, you kind of have to be more on top of your own care to make sure you are going exactly. separately to the nurse. Exactly, and that's part of why it's so important to go to Alivuhirio nurse, I think, is because she really makes sure that you did everything and nothing kind of fell between the chairs and you didn't forget something mm -hmm. and didn't so, skip any tests. It's some important stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, how's for, here's for a more fun question. What is your favorite thing to teach new parents? Okay, so, um, I feel like while there's a lot of information I could give about feeding, about nutrition, about safety, um, this is where I kind of get to stick in the psychology of parenthood and everything I've learned in my um, studying, you know. And being an awesome parent. And being an awesome parent. You know, we talk about nowadays what's called like a good enough mother, and I think one of the hardest things for mothers nowadays that are so flooded with information and everything is so available to them is that they're constantly doubting themselves and checking themselves, am I doing this right? And Really, I love being able to, during the visit, see like where the mother's good and be like, look, the baby, like he recognized you, you're so good, you're so, you got this, um, really kind of strengthen her maternal instinct, we'll call it. Um, the other thing I love, and I think you know this, is giving, is home visits where um, usually this is done with first babies, or if any mother requests it, we'll do it also. Uh, when I come to the home and I really get to sit with the mother in her natural environment, uh, sometimes I'll give the baby its first bath, and I love that's love, the love part baths. I was waiting for. I know I love baby's <laughs> baths, um, and I think it's it's a great way for mothers to connect with their babies and really feel like you know they're taking care of it, and and that because mothers are always so scared that it's when it's the first baby, especially it's fragile. I'm gonna hurt it. I'm gonna slip. I'm gonna this, and I love that part. Do you have any tips for checking water temperature? Elbows. <laughs> Elbows? Elbows, only because we all wash dishes with hot water, and, you know, you always say, like, oh, your hands fine. are not as uh, sensitive to hot water. I've never heard that one. Only really? wrists. No, but elbows sounds good. Okay. I don't know. I also feel like, anyways, you're rolling up your sleeve. Like, elbows is the easiest way to do it. Um, the other thing I love is really trying to help uh, parents with, um, in terms of develop baby development, is try to kind of help them find a way to interact it into their daily schedule. Basically, like, while you pick up the baby, here's what you could do to prevent torticollis. This is while you change the baby's different things you could do to really help um, with the baby's development. Um, some people have it naturally and some people don't, and it can be tough. Mm -hmm. So I know we always that. missed helping them sit. Then we get to the six-month appointment. In the U.S., it's six months. Here, they don't I want know. them sitting until later. sitting, nine months. In the U.S., you get to your six-month appointment, and they'll be like, does your baby sit? they be like, shoot, never thought of it. Right. Let me see if they can. So that's uh, another thing important, I think, in Tipat Chalav, is sometimes when a mother comes, at the end of the visit, I'll, uh, end of the visit, I'll say, okay, next visit, we're going to look for ABC, and kind of prep her, like, here's what you can work on for your next time. Mm -hmm. um, because not everybody knows the stages and the developmental milestones, and I think that's, that's my job. That's really great. What are three things that you wish parents would be more careful about or three pieces of information that you wish that all parents had and really took note of? Like, what is it that people are missing? Um, okay, so number one, I would say is stop searching on Google. 
okay, when things come up, Google is a wonderful source of information, but it's also a huge source of misinformation and just things that can scare you or take you completely off track of what's going on. So I always tell parents, find somebody you trust, whether it's your pediatrician, whether it's your tipat chalaf nurse, it doesn't have to be me, but find an authority that you trust. And if you have questions, ask them, um, not the ladies in the park and not your mother, even though your mother could be a great source of information, but when it's a medical decision, ask, ask a medical source. Um, that's number one. So less of the rumor mill, less of people's ideas and more exactly, the Exactly, because it could be endless, endless, and sometimes you need to know the bottom line. So really find someone you trust and then trust them. And if you don't trust them, then find someone else you do. I feel like it's really important in pregnancy also. And a good nurse yeah. is, is an important thing to have. Number two, I'd say if you're sending your husband to Tipat Khalav, make sure he knows what's going on with the babies. I've had fathers come with their babies and I'll start with, okay, like what's the baby eating? I don't know. Um, is he doing this? I don't know. So that's fathers funny. are more and more involved nowadays, but I still have those fathers who are like, okay, after the visit, I have to call the mother and, it's like like a chauffeur. and give them a list. <laughs> exactly. He's like, just give the baby his vaccines and then get me out of here. Either get the fathers more involved or make sure, give them the information before. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to call you. Number three is be on time. Um, appointments are half hour. I have so many people who come 20 minutes late and expect me to do everything in those 10 minutes and I also have to write it up afterwards and you know get prepped and there's a lot of things that I need to do during my visit it's not just the vaccines it's not just the growth and development so you talk you assess you educate exactly and those things are important and those things are important and I don't want to miss anything and if somebody comes in 10 minutes I could miss something important Mm -hmm. um so it's come on time and and treat it like an important visit that it is what about pregnant women? Is there something you wish they paid more attention to in the like system and the care that you give? Okay, so I would say number one is the importance of actually going for medical care or a follow-up right at the beginning when you find out you're pregnant. Don't wait too long to go for an ultrasound. Um, the dating of the pregnancy is very mm-hmm. important. and Some women take their time till they get to a doctor, and then when they do the That's... ultrasound, it doesn't match you know, the date right. of their last menstrual period, and then you have to figure it out. And it's important to date the pregnancy early and early. accurately. And accurately. And it makes the a difference. The, yeah, the makes a difference if someone's going to need to be induced. It makes a difference for tracking growth. Exactly. There's going to be things that come up that would have been so much simpler if we knew exactly when this pregnancy started. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely when you know you're pregnant, go, to, go see your gyno and do an ultrasound. And the second thing I would say is understand the tests that are offered, why they're offered, and why they're important. Every woman, I believe, has a choice of what she does and doesn't do, and I completely respect that. But I feel like it's very important she understands what the test is for, why we do it, and then make a decision whether to do it or not. Ask the right questions. Don't just decide you're not doing or anything or we don't do these things right i was going to say i was going to add you should go back to your rub and find out what it is he says now just because your mother didn't do something your oldest sister women will be like but my mother didn't do it i'm like a could have not maybe it didn't exist back then or things changed the reason for the testing changed the um the accuracy the the accuracy why we do it um so ask ask at the end of the day the decision is the mother's the woman's and i completely respect any decision made or try to but but ask and, and find out. And that's my job, really. Like, I'm here to answer all those questions, so ask me. With the latest information. So you exactly. want your latest information, they need the latest right. information, and, and too. And I believe education is power. You know, make an informed choice and then go with it. Yeah. 
Let's talk for a couple minutes about percentiles and growth with babies. Ah, because sure. This is why people hate us. That Tifa, you have like a bad reputation <laughs> for making do, a big deal do. out of nothing. The baby's too big. The baby's too small. I know my baby's fine. Why are you making a big deal out of it? I'm going to, before you start, I had a relative whose baby was definitely too small. And I was trying to get her to go to the Tipat Chalab nurse, but she'd heard all these horror stories in the park. She wouldn't go, so... No, it's, it's sad. I got a phone call from another relative being like, she just told me she's going to take her baby to the vegetable scale in the grocery <laughs> store instead of the Tipat Chalab nurse. Like, what's going on? So let's just talk that one out a little bit. Okay, I love growth charts. So, okay, we have we have a re- bad reputation. I see it. I've been to Tipat Chalab myself as a mother, even before I was a Tipat Chalab nurse. I got to experience it. I think these things change over time as Tipat Chalav has advanced itself. I think our administration knows that we have a bad reputation and they're really working on making sure that all the nurses are up to date and with it and really have the latest information so that they give a more professional service. I can't say it's the truth everywhere, but it's definitely happening. And I think in my Tipat Chalav, we're all very well-qualified, highly educated, and very personable, nice nurses Mm -hmm. uh, who don't just tell your baby's fat or not eating enough and you're a bad mother. So the growth charts. Okay, we go by percentiles. Um, These were established by the WHO. They're based on nursing babies. They took a huge amount of data and created some sort of a standard because we have to work with something of how a baby should grow. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we know growth is not just... um, It's not just the food the baby's eating, okay, it's an interaction, there's genetics involved, there's metabolic system, the whole system involved, there's other factors that affect the baby's growth, and we take all that into account when we assess. We measure three major things, right? We measure the baby's head, we measure um, the weight and the height, and we compare it to where the baby should be, in a, what we call a percentile. Then now, you do also height and weight height to, to each weight other, and height, but right. later on, right? right? What age does that start? Two. The BMI, okay. basically, the height to weight is done. But also, even the previous measurements are all based on, like, height to age, mm-hmm. okay? Um, it's all standardized. It's a whole lot of statistics that goes into it that I hate. But They made you a chart, though, so you don't have yeah, to make exactly. that. <laughs> so I just weigh the baby, a, which is very important, by the way, to measure and weigh accurately. And usually we try that the same nurse will measure the baby, not to go to different nurses, because we all change the way we, you know, measure the head a little bit, mm-hmm. and it could affect... Um, the outcome so it's important to do it accurately the reason for all of this is because again early detection if we go back to the point of Tipat Chalab there's so many things we could catch early on by measuring you know every few months a baby Um, we'll see suddenly if the percentile drops or raises it could be fine it could be a genetic thing there's certain age where it's appropriate like nursing babies at four months we'll see some sort of a drop in their weight percentile Mm -hmm. and it's normal and we know it's normal we expect it um, but there's also things that we could, you know, little like clues that the body gives us something's going on here. For example, if I weigh a baby's, I measure a baby's head and it jumps up, I have to right away see what's going on here because um, as over a certain amount of percentiles that the baby's the circumference goes up could be a, a problem. For example, hydrocephalus and different neurological problems. Now, we went back to early detection is key. If I'm measuring a six months old and eight months old, and I see some sort of a deviation, we could send them to the pediatrician right away, which will send them for an ultrasound. The mm-hmm. Malpes, 
the uh, sutures are still open, it's much easier to check as opposed to if we wait and then everything closes up and then you have to do a CT, which is more invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to do these things right away and to do it on time. So it's a good reason um, also not to push off your teapot club exactly. appointments too far. Come on time. <laughs> Back to on time. Time, not just the hour, but like the right age. The month. Exactly. Um, and again, there's so many issues that can come up. Usually, let's say weight issues the first year, most of them are a problem with nutrition. Okay. It's less metabolic or other problems. Later on, we'll see, you know, we'll suspect celiac, we'll suspect different things. Um, but the first year, it's usually a issue with nutrition enough calories enough calorie intake exactly and we know that calorie intake you know baby doesn't get enough calories it affects their growth hormones they'll have less receptors and it'll cause Mm -hmm. issues with their growing um and eventually it will they're not going to reach their optimal height or weight or whatever it is or neurological development right it could be neurological development so many different things so it's important to detect and to find problems early uh usually if i see a drop now we have rules, like a certain drop is normal, we'll say, okay, come back in a month. Or if the mother tells me that my baby was sick for the past two weeks and didn't eat, okay, it makes sense. We'll try to really ask what was going on, go over um, the feeding schedule of the baby and see where we could detect a problem, okay? And then give the right kind of information there, whether it's how to prepare formula properly. I've had mothers who put extra water, could be Mm -hmm. because of financial issues, which is very dangerous. Um, And babies, you know, had problems because of that. Um, you find out a baby or, had thrush and wasn't nursing well or right didn't or, or nursing or mothers that were giving too much formula to their babies and really mm-hmm. like a baby that was gaining weight insanely and um eating habits how they feed the child where they feed especially with older kids we start with like do they sit at the table or is there a screen involved while they eat there's so many things that we can detect in and really just give the right education to the mother and and help this baby we know that you know pediatric obesity is the disease of our century we see little kids with obesity with diabetes with so many with heart problems with Mm -hmm. fatty livers every all these adult problems that should not be in kids and i remember i had a father who came you know said to me but he likes coke i said his child is two years old somebody's buying him coke you know Mm -hmm. when a kid is 16 you could blame the kid but right now like as a parent you you decide the food that's coming in and also, as a Tipat nurse, I have the resources to give them hafnayot. I could refer them to a, a That was dietitian. my next question. How do you okay. connect women with the other services? Because there's So a because lot. I'm in the kupa, I can do it directly. I can actually put out hafnaya for a dietitian okay. and also follow up with them. For anything, though. It's not just dietitians. You could right. give them I to the physical therapist, physical lactation therapist, consultant. Like all these things, right. And, and I also, part of my job is to know what's in the community, what exists, what services exist, how, how the whole Tipat Chutayelit system works. Mm-hmm. and kind of help them navigate the system. Um, I'm also like, sometimes I'll literally hold their hands and, you know, call them up, say, you have an appointment, make sure you go to it. After the appointment, call them up, how was, make sure they really understand the system um, and what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Again, because my end goal is optimal health and growth of this child. Mm-hmm. So we are definitely connected to all these things. So interesting. Has your own experience as a parent changed anything about your job for you over the years? For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm a mother of six. I think it also makes women trust me more, you know? At the end of the day, I could give all the education and I talk a lot during my visit, but sometimes I'll give like a 30 minute speech to a mother about vaccines, important as an intro look at me and she'll be like, did you give your child the flu shot? And I'll say yes, she goes, okay, fine, so do it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, I should have started with that sentence, you know? Yeah. Um, really, that's, that's, I think, what gives me- Credibility. You know, credibility, yeah. you know? So like, okay, she's, if she does it for her own children, if she's a mother of six and she says it works, then then I'll, I'll accept it from this lady, you mm-hmm. know? 
so for sure, for sure, I would say also half the advice I give, you know, with all the education and, and all my research-based knowledge, a lot of advice comes from, from being a mother. And, and also half the questions will be like not necessarily medical questions. Sometimes it could be laundry tips, you know. Tipat yeah. um, is not just a place for all these things. Sometimes it's a place for women to just come and like spill whatever's on their heart. There are mm-hmm. definitely mothers that I'll give a double appointment to because I know they need really? to sit. Yeah, I have a few that like I know I know they need the time, and again I'm lucky I have I have the time. Yeah. I'm not. I know in Yerushalayim it's like two minutes get in get out. They have so many babies. I I have it pretty slow, and if a woman needs more, she can have more. And they're really lucky. Also, can women from Yerushalayim make tibat chalav appointments up here in Carmel? I have, I have patients from Yerushalaym, Believe it or not, I really? have patients from all over the world. Actually, I have a family from the Ukraine. It comes to me. They like schedule their vaccines based on when they're in the country. That's so I have funny. Shalim, I have all over. So it's what fun. what can parents do to make your job easier or the care better? I think I know the answer. You're gonna say they need to come on time. Come, <laughs> come take advantage. We have so much to offer. We have so many services. Also, a lot of the services are at a certain age are free or unlimited. So I always tell them like take advantage. You have all these services offered to you. Like use it. Um, it's also a pretty great health system, I think. Do you hear and anything from Americans who made Aliyah or people from other places that you know are different in Israel, that people who are coming to Israel should know are unique and different here, that they should be taking advantage of? I know I, I heard from you. services. I mean, I've learned so from you about some of them. so many services that are so easy to get, and I feel like if we could afford to, every child should get it. Um, I'll give you an example, something specific in my clinic. I have a physical therapist once a month who comes to my Tipat Chalav, and I could schedule her, I schedule her appointments, okay? I decide which, um, any kid I see that either, I see something, but it's like, uh, okay, maybe like with the right adrachot, the right, you know, education and and a few exercises a physical therapist can fix. So if we wait for it, it's like a three months process till they get the appointment, till they do the ifchun, this is something they could do directly. So I'll bring them into the clinic and the, um, the physical therapist will give them um, is that unique to your clinic, though? It's an all the meuchadeti potchalav. We have this, okay. and I think other kupot have this too. I don't know for sure, but it's definitely a growing, a growing thing that they all do these things. So I think just even being able to understand how tipatchalav works, you know, when to come, why you come, and that's something I do on the first visit when a parent comes with a newborn. That's like an hour visit. And mm-hmm. I give over a lot of information, and I also give them a written version because you forget half of what you hear. Right. Um, just how the system works, because I know it's so different in America. I mean, I didn't have children in America, but I know it's all done pretty much by your pediatrician. And, it, and this is separate. Yeah. It is it is very different. It's less, because it's not done by a nurse, it's usually, you get like, you know, a paper, what to expect the next month, but you don't... You don't discuss it necessarily. No, there's a little less talking. Or I had a wonderful pediatrician in... Texas, but she had her first child while, I mean, while we were under her care. So she had no knowledge outside of book knowledge. So right. knowing who you're, the fact that you go see your Tipat Chalav nurse and they're part of your community sometimes, if you're lucky or right. you get to know them, it's definitely a win. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. That was, I found yeah. that in, enlightening and I've talked to you a lot about your job. So thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for joining me on today's Panema Wellness Podcast. For more information on this and other women's health topics or to schedule a consultation, please visit fromwomenshealth.com. Questions and feedback are also always welcome.